Well, hey everybody, Jonathan Dahl with you once again. Welcome friends to the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're doing okay wherever you are in the great big wide world of Catholic education. Hope you're doing okay with the COVID thing. It's different everywhere. Uh, we're sort of doing okay where I live. We've had, we have no cases at the moment, which has been great. Life's getting back a little bit to normal, uh, but other parts of the country still uh, in different forms of lockdown. What a challenge, huh? What a really challenging time, but it's interesting. I was reading a couple of days ago a the latest book by Ray Dalio, who's one of the world's uh, preeminent uh, funds investors. I uh, find his work really interesting, and he was going through a very analytical sort of breakdown of all the challenges the global economy is facing. But he made the point. He said, you know, you have to remember that humans are just the most resilient species, and we do increase productivity. We do kind of find our way out of all sorts of challenging historical moments. So he was really, I guess, uh, clear on the idea that we are going to come through. There's going to be some challenging times, no doubt, and we're all living through those at the moment. But uh, let's have hope. You know, some of the uh, the best and brightest in the world are reminding us that uh, we've endured all sorts of challenging seasons before, and we will endure this. There's something indomitable about the human spirit and something double, double indomitable, indomitable when the human spirit is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So have faith, friends. This challenging season is going to pass. Now today, there's a fair bit that I want to share with you. I, uh, I'm always looking to recreate, redo, tweak the Catholic Teacher Daily podcast to bring you as much value as possible. And today, I want to share with you something from the Divine Office. Most of you would be familiar, of course, with the Divine Office, which is the prayer of the church. It's the breviary, it's the daily prayer shared by, you know, Catholic teachers and priests and religious and laymen and women all over the planet. And today, there was uh, an interesting reading from the homilies of St. John Chrysostom. Many of you be familiar with St. John Chrysostom, one of the most eloquent uh, speakers, writers, theologians in the church's history. And this is from the homilies of St. John Chrysostom on the devil 2.6. I'm not sure if that's what he wrote when he wrote it, but that's what it came down to us as. And the theme of this is called the high roads to repentance. Now, why would I be sharing this with Catholic teachers? I want to share this with you quickly because... Let's never forget that we're obviously living in a community of people, right? A Catholic school is a community of people. Uh, you know, if, if we took the educators and took the teachers and the faculty out of the school, it would be a place where students are wandering around trying to find something to do. So it's really the teachers that make a Catholic school. I've said that in so many podcasts, and the church's documents reinforce it. They talk about the sort of environment of a Catholic school, the very uh, all the different things that make up an environment. There's the buildings, there's the technology, there's all sorts of different play equipment or whatever we have in a school. But ultimately, that real community is formed by Catholic teachers. So, St. John Chrysostom, in talking about these high roads to repentance, gives us five steps. And when I read these, I was quite struck by them because I thought, you know, if we were to put these five steps in place in our Catholic school communities, in terms of our relationships as staff, then I have a feeling that we would start to create a pretty remarkable school environment. So let me spin you through these quickly, and then I want to get on to something else. So the first step in St. John Chrysostom's High Road to Repentance is first, he says, acknowledge your sins. 
And he says, the acknowledgement of our sins helps us to stop committing them. It's really basic stuff, isn't it? And I know you didn't tune into the podcast to be necessarily convicted by me or anybody else of sin in your life, but think about how this would actually play out in a Catholic school. If we acknowledge to ourselves, at least, the sinful patterns of our attitudes and of our, the way we speak or the way we might treat people, now this can range from really, you know, out there stuff that we would be ashamed to admit and stuff that's more subtle, but just little ways of seeing and being and treating people, even students. So the first step is that we acknowledge those areas of our lives as Catholic teachers where we're not bringing our A game, if that makes it easier to hear. So we start by acknowledging those things that we we need to change. So this is crucial. I've just been doing a lot of stuff on Ignatian spirituality recently and this examination of conscience, this sort of daily habit of looking through the day and going, well, how did I do today? So I want you to start getting in this habit, right, as a Catholic teacher. Start looking through your day at the end, you know, just before you go to sleep even. How did you do? Was there a particular conversation that you wish you could change? Was there a particular interaction that you wish hadn't happened? So it's this acknowledgement of sin, this acknowledgement of you know, what we're doing that allows us to really grow. So here's number two. He says, forget wrongs and control your temper. Forget wrongs. Can you imagine a Catholic school community where we almost all had amnesia, where it came to what people might have said or done to us? You know, the ability to literally forget, that's a grace, to pray for that grace, to forget the wrongs that have been done to us, and then control our temper out of that. So I'm sure at your Catholic school right now, there are one, two, five, seven, hopefully not too many more people uh, who you work with that you could probably say at some point in time have said or done something that was problematic. So the ability we need to pray for that grace, to forget what people have actually done. Now, our culture doesn't like that because we want to, we're, we're very, very much down the rabbit hole of justice at the moment in multiple areas of culture. So we're really a culture that's big on pointing out who might have done something wrong and making them pay as much as possible. Now, I'm not being flippant here, of course, there's, there's a case for appropriate justice, but also the, the ability to forget injustice, to forget things that have happened and move beyond them is really important. So what's number one? Acknowledging our sins. Number two is, is forgetting the wrongs that have been done to us. Gosh, this is very countercultural, isn't it? It was written, you know, so many hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Number three, he says prayer. Let's keep that really simple. He said the ability to pray, to ask for grace. So what I'm doing here is getting you to think about how this would look, how this would play out in a Catholic school culture. Right, if we're praying regularly for each other, for the leadership, for ourselves. I had a, a spiritual director re recently say to me, Jonathan, he said, don't forget to pray for yourself. Because I like to pray the rosary most days and I like to really intercede for people. But he said, always remember to uh, you know, ask Mary to pray for you. So this prayer is important. Number four is almsgiving, which you just see, you know, is obviously being generous with what we have. But in the Catholic school faculty or teacher context, this could just mean being gracious and generous with encouragement of our fellow uh, teachers. It could mean just giving time to people. So we want to have that spirit of generosity. And number five, I really liked this one. He said, uh, the number five in the high roads to repentance that we're putting into play today in terms of what it would mean for a Catholic school. He says, modest and humble behavior. He said, this annihilates sin as surely as any other method, modest and humble behavior. 
So when I read that today, I thought, I've said this many times, our culture has a huge problem with modest and humble behavior. We are a culture at the moment that is obsessed with self. It's obsessed with self-promotion. It's obsessed with sometimes overconfidence and brashness. So the ability to demonstrate modest and humble behavior in the Catholic school context I mean, really quite something. I listened to something on the BBC today, another podcast, where some people from some of the world's best business schools are looking at the dangers of overconfidence and the value of humility. So it seems that our managerial and technological cultures are also starting to realize that there's a great benefit in being modest and humble and not seeking the praise and not seeking the highest place. Now, it's funny, I think so. I think Jesus kind of said that 2,000 years ago, right? It's amazing how much of the great wisdom of our culture is deeply embedded in the Gospels. All right, so there's those quick five from St. John Chrysostom. Hopefully you can have a listen to those maybe again. Acknowledge your sins. Forget the wrongs done to you. Remember the importance of prayer, almsgiving generosity in terms of how you give time and attention and care to people, and finally, modest and humble behavior. So thank you to St. John Chrysostom. Uh, hopefully we'll get him in the studio at some point. We hope we'll just thank you, John Chrysostom, for sharing with us uh, down through the centuries. All right, I want to finish up. With a little journey I want to take you on over the next few days, I, uh, I'm going to take you through a new book, uh, not a new book, a, a book by Ryan Topping. It's been around for a while. Uh, it's a brilliant book on, uh, I guess, the, the core of Catholic education. I want to walk through that with you over the next few days, and I'll put some links here where I really want to suggest you get yourself a copy. But uh, I wanted to start, I've been working through Ryan's book, and there's a beautiful uh, introduction written by uh, Sister John Mary Fleming, who I think has stepped down now, but was the uh, the head of the United States Catholic uh, Bishops' Conference for Catholic Education. And she's writing in the introduction, and she says that must much, much, much of modern education is a product of bad philosophy. And this is going to lead us into Ryan's work because what he's focusing on is the real core principles that drive Catholic education. Now, I want to talk quickly about why this matters. I have been convinced for many, many years that we can. There's not much point tinkering with the outside edges or the uh, the aesthetics, uh, in some sense, of Catholic education. What we really want to do is to transform Catholic education. We've got to get back to the absolute core purpose of it, why it exists. And I've spoken about that for many, many years. But I think what uh, Dr. Topping has for us in this book is going to be really useful. All I want to leave you with today is what he writes about in his uh, preface. Where he talks about the first principles of education. He says, we've got to get back to these first principles, or what we call in the philosophical language, causes. Now, I, don't, I, I doubt that you woke up today thinking to yourself about the first principles or the causes, the philosophical causes of Catholic education. But why I do the podcast and why I speak the way I do is because I think until we get regrounded in these deep currents of Catholic philosophy and theology around why Catholic education exists, we're never going to be the salt and light. We're never going to be as effective as Christ would will us to be. So 
As I wrap up, in the preface, Ryan is talking about four kinds of causes or purposes of Catholic education. They're very interesting. They come really, I guess, through Greek philosophy. They come through Aristotle and then, of course, into St. Thomas Aquinas. But they're worth every teacher understanding these, so I'm going to keep them really simple. So we've got final causes, efficient causes, formal and material causes. So let's spin through them really quickly and then we're done. Final causes refers to the actual purposes of learning itself. What is the final cause of Catholic education? What is the final cause of learning itself? Why does it exist? Why do humans want to learn? Why do humans have the capacity to learn? Why were we created with a desire to learn? My quick answer to that would be that being made in the image and likeness of God, he wanted us to learn. He wanted us to grow. He delights in us becoming fully who we are as our knowledge increases. So that applies directly to why we have Catholic schools. We have schools so that young Catholic people and even you know people from you know, that come to our schools from other faith traditions can become fully who they are, that they can really truly learn, that there's something about them as human that means that learning is a positive good for them, that they become more fully who they were created to be the more that they learn. So the the final cause of all education is to become fully who we are in the image of God. It's, it's a crucial thing. So let's not, let's, you know, and I've been hitting up against this for years because the risk we seem to run is creating school cultures where we're just trying to get kids into college. That is not the final cause of learning. That is not the final cause of education. In fact, even a job is not the final cause of education. But you can see how many of us would have fallen for that. Many, many Catholic teachers all over the world would be thinking at some level that really what they're doing is preparing young people for professional life. That is not the final cause of Catholic education. It's just not. And I can stand on that from church teaching, from the church documents on education, from philosophy. The purpose of a Catholic school is to help a young person become fully who they were created to be in the image of God. That's the final purpose of Catholic education and learning. So now he talks about these efficient causes. So if you're not, if you haven't done a lot of philosophy, efficient causes are, I guess you could say, the causes or the realities or the uh, requirements that bring something about, that efficiently cause it, that, that make it happen. So what sort of things do you need to, to have to reach that final cause? So the efficient cause relates to what Dr. Topping says here is questions of pedagogy. So how we teach, a philosophy of education. What is it that we educate? What What's a human person? How do people learn effectively? So we've got our final cause, which is the full formation of the human person. We've got our efficient cause, which is our theory of education, our theories of knowledge. Well, that's more epistemology, but you know this theory of how we learn and how we teach and, and how we should present information to young people in a way that's really engaging, that they can really learn it. And finally, we have these formal and material causes, which refer to the actual curriculum itself, the actual nuts and bolts of what we decide to teach. You know, and these formal and material causes are really important. You know, think, for example, of often say how much ugliness our young people are exposed to through commercial culture, right, through music and YouTube. And But I remember when I was teaching, um, you know, taking students through the 1812 overture, 
And you know, I think you'll all know that piece of music. And, you know, choosing this special piece of music to talk about the War of 1812, you know, and, and to actually, you know, help them understand this rich moment of history and bring them into the drama of it. Now, you can see that that's touching on all aspects of education. I'm presenting a rich sort of musical historical presentation because I believe that it is good for the human person to understand history, to understand their place in the cosmos and the world. And we're using a particular thing. We're using music. We're using a particular aesthetic reality to bring about that learning for young people. So I don't think we're thinking about this stuff very much. And uh, really what I want to take you on this journey of the next few episodes is following uh, Dr. Topping's thought. I want to take you deep into what he has to offer us. And let's get us thinking about this stuff. We can't put these kind of things in the too hard basket. All right, we need to know why are we teaching? What is it that we teach? Not content, but the person. What sort of thing is a human person? What do they benefit from? What helps them to flourish? What helps them to grow? And then finally, we're going to look at the actual ways that we do it, the, the formal and material aspects of curriculum. So friends, we've covered a lot. This is longer than usual. We've talked about how to build a more humble, loving staff community at your school. We've talked about, uh, you know, the the causes of education, the purposes of education. So that's it for me today. Uh, please come and check out the website, onecatholicteacher.com, onecatholicteacher.com. This lockdown is killing me. I can't travel. I can't speak. I'm supposed to be speaking in San Francisco next week to 900 teachers. It would have been awesome. I can't travel and uh, let alone missing out on uh, the keynote at NCA Baltimore, which would have been, you know, just so good. So I'm, I'm carrying some grief, friends. I'm carrying some grief about uh, having my wings clipped and not being able to get out on this great big planet, especially my American friends. I'm really looking forward to getting back to your great country and uh, and speaking across the US again. So many wonderful memories for uh, myself and the family of, of your hospitality and your goodness. And uh, so looking forward to that now. So check out the website, onecatholicteacher.com and uh, resources page there. Please check out the uh, Going Deeper resource. My new books are there. And uh, last thing, if you're not subscribed, please do it. Uh, Spotify, Google Music, Play, Podcasts, wherever you're listening, Stitcher, Spreaker, Radio Public. My Lord, there's so many of them now. Uh, make sure you've subscribed. And the last thing, we've, I'd love it if you could share this with some Catholic teachers. Hey, I just want to encourage you. Uh, that's why I do this. I just want to say thank you for what you do as a Catholic educator. If you're listening to this in the car on the way to school, God bless you. May your day uh, be full. Don't forget, friends, please, if you're listening still, don't forget the amazing beauty and gift and power and significance and importance of what you do every day as a Catholic teacher. All right, friends, that's it from me. My name is Jonathan Doyle. This has been the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast, and I'll have another message for you tomorrow. Tomorrow.